Hey everyone, Rafe here. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Faces and Feels. Uh, before we jump straight into the episode, I just wanted to hit you with a quick public service announcement. Uh, promotion that's near and dear to my heart, Deathmatch Down Under, Australia's premier deathmatch wrestling company, is currently in a, the midst of a big funds drive to try and establish their own venue in Melbourne, Victoria. Now, this is a really exciting concept for me, though I don't live in Melbourne, the idea of them having a place to put on shows regularly, to stream on IWTV, to put out more content, to help develop talent, all the things you can do when you have uh, your own location seems like a really, really exciting prospect to me. Uh, if you look at somewhere like H2O Wrestling run by Matt Tremont, that's a perfect example of what can be accomplished when you have a space like that. I imagine booking venues and doing things like that and selling the idea of bringing a deathmatch company to your venue isn't always the easiest thing to do. And so, yeah, they're trying to get that done uh, and they really want to make it happen this year. But in order to make that a reality, they really need your help. So please head over to 3011arena.com.au. That is 3011arena.com.au to check out all the ways you can help. They've got all sorts of packages um, and nothing goes unrewarded. So there's various tiers starting from as little as $10 making your way all the way up to $1,000 with perks and merch and uh, being part of the mural, being literally a part of the fabric of the venue, free tickets to shows. All of these things are available uh, and you'll be helping a great cause and helping a great community that they're building over there in Melbourne. So please check out 3011arena.com.au and support Deathmatch Down Under. And with that said, let's jump into the show. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He is talking out of the great state of Ohio. Actually, I think he's talking out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, but representing yeah. 440, it is the undisputed king of the death match, the one and only Eric Ryan. How are you today, my man? Um, the undisputed king, I'm missing my mouth because I just got ice cream all over me, so. This psycho is literally in a hoodie in complete uh, cold weather eating peanut butter ice cream right now. Yeah, it's freezing out here and I'm <laughs> having a, like a weirdo. Well, I appreciate you making time for me. I know the show is coming up. Everybody else is grabbing food and you're uh, you're sitting outside in the cold to speak to me. So I really do appreciate you, man. I wanted a milkshake yesterday, but I couldn't get one. So, so it's held over. Today. That's it. Manifest your own destiny. Make it happen. <laughs> Yep. Hey, uh, we, we'll jump straight into it for you. So I always have that one question where I ask everybody to rewind and when they think about some of the first faces of professional wrestling that stood out to them when they started to fall in love with it, who would you say? Uh, let's see. Ultimate Warrior easily, yeah. uh, Bushwhackers, mm -hmm. and Rick Martel. Oh, these are all great choices. Rick Martel was a very random one for me and I still don't understand it. <laughs> 
I sort of had a thing for like when I think back to like the early wrestlers and stuff. Uh, like I always liked the super action figurable guys. So you know, if they had like a prop or like a, a costume choice or something like that, where it would lend itself yeah. to like an action figure, I think they always really stood out to me. You know. And the essence was a uh, it was a good one. <laughs> It was, wasn't it? And he, he was so underrated as well. He was such a such a fucking good wrestler, man. Um, yeah. so so like, what kind of age are you when you start getting into it? I'd probably say, probably early, like five, six, maybe around then. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so lifelong fan, really. Yeah. How I gravitated toward it, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I don't have that extent of a memory, but. I just know it's always been around, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was one of my uncles that had introduced me to it, and I've just been hooked since. Yeah, right, so it's not even like a specific memory, like we sat down this day and watched this thing, it's just sort of yeah, always it, been a constant. Yeah, no memory like that, that's <laughs> too many blows to the head. <laughs> it's, a, it's all fine. I also have a thing at the moment, I, t- I turned 40 recently, actually, when we were in Australia, uh, when you guys were in Australia over at the... Um, the ICW tour and I said to somebody at work I was like I don't have time to learn any new things now at this age because every new thing I learn is a precious memory lost like I- I'm now at capacity <laughs> is how I feel like yeah. <laughs> so you might relate with that feeling cool, one man, and then whoop, something shoots out. that's it it's like cool you just cost me the last memory I had with my grandmother thanks a lot I didn't need that new skill and I really don't appreciate you trying to teach it to me <laughs> So, so uh, like, how do you go then for from a kid that's, uh, you know, it's just been a constant in your life to then starting to get interested enough in it that you want to train in it, you know? Uh, I think it was something, maybe I was, like, early teen, maybe 15, 16. There was some local stuff that I actually kind of went and saw myself live, kind of went and like helped out a little bit and then just kind of faded away for a little bit mm-hmm. and then probably when i was like 20 i kind of went full tilt back into it and started training from there yeah no worries and that, were you involved in sports or, or physical stuff at school or anything like that or, or really you didn't uh, get into it until that at a young age baseball mm-hmm. but other than that really big in the sports and now i don't watch a single bit of sports at all it's just all pro wrestling. Not into it. <laughs> do you do you find yourself uh, studying a lot of, of pro wrestling now, or is it a thing that like you're so immersed in it, you know, as a job and stuff, you don't even really watch it? That seems to be like a constant in this show. I don't watch it a lot. It's here and there. Sometimes I'll put it on as background noise, mm-hmm. and then so if something that you know it catches my ear, like I'll kind of pop up and look and rewind and watch and more or less just like taking little bits here and there from stuff and yeah yeah exactly and like you know certain people that you lean towards or whatever or fans of you can kind of check what they're doing and kind of feel that all out yeah and i'm guilty of watching early nitros because a lot of them are shit and i think they're fun <laughs> yeah they are so. <laughs> they're great uh my wife and i were in las vegas for the first double or nothing and i met glacier that was pretty sick <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it was a charming gentleman. Definitely part of the storm. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, 
another thing, I guess, is uh, trading. When you started to get into it, was it something that you found yourself uh, falling into easily, or was that like a huge learning curve? Uh, like the bumping, the moving, everything. I think came along easily. Mm-hmm. It was just that uh, understanding pro wrestling. That's that's the the part that kind of Jesus that took a a little longer than than learning how to bump and do the moves and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I fucking need to watch out here. I, I really don't want uh, the undisputed king of the deathmatch getting run over fucking live <laughs> on the podcast. No, that sounds like the hugest car of all time. Sorry, bones shake. I'm still trying to eat my ice cream. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. You just got got to watch your own back here. Now that that's awesome, man. So as it as it develops and you're sucking into it and you start like uh, feeling out how it all works, at, at which point do you then, well, I become aware of stuff like death matches, and and, and be start to then maybe want to be involved with them. Uh, I knew about death matches like an early teen, mm-hmm. like Stranglemania. Mm-hmm. That was kind of actually my first introduction. Mm-hmm. And watching that early tape kind of opened my eyes to it. And then I didn't really, like, fall in love with it then. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really until later. Like, probably uh, maybe a couple years later with, like, ECW. Mm-hmm. And then once that kind of transitioned and, like, I found Ring of Honor and then found CZW. Mm-hmm. And then I found all that other crazy stuff. And then that kind of – that that's what really opened my eyes to – death matches in general i guess we'll probably be cw i um actually just the other night i watched the original tournament of death for the first time so i didn't uh get exposed to um death matches until geez a few years ago now it's hard to say exactly how long because covid is just like this blur of time like maybe four or five years ago right but i was um i was in japan and i for uh, well, to travel and went to Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan and sort of uh, fell backwards into a big Japan show. And it was it was headlined by Kobayashi, who's actually coming to ICW pretty soon uh, in like a 100 light tube death match. And that was like really eye-opening for me. But so I watched Tournament of Death the other day for the first time. I'm like, I want to go back and I want to start to take this out. I've got to tell you, me in 2002 would have fucking loved that shit had I been, <laughs> had I been exposed to it at a the time. A lot of what they did back then was wild. It's sure. reckless and and very stressful. Yes. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, though, you won't be catching my ass on top of any roofs or trucks or... Fuck. Yeah, that, so that that's exactly right. Uh, it was... In that one, yeah, you see Signic Mondo with Homeless Jimmy, assault driver off the top of like a U-Haul truck, you know, through so many tables. Chaos. And I'm like, these guys are so stressful. But then it's got this new, everybody's coming out to new metal, and I'm like, this, this would have been my jam. This is like MTV's next, the Deathmatch edition, and I fucking was about it. The fashion, the huge jeans. It, it was me, eh? I, I can't believe, like, I missed it in my life, you know? I mean, well, I can because I live in Australia and nobody knew about wrestling, especially then. But, but yeah, it, it would have been yeah. my jam. So I can understand how that stuff then would have, would have like, really fucking drawn you in and, and been about it. Were you watching it as that stuff was coming out? 
Uh, not as it was coming out, no. Um, probably not until I actually, like, started wrestling is when I really started following it more. Because uh-huh. it's one of those, I guess, you know, like a destination place. Like, oh, I want to go there, so let's see what's going on there. And yeah. Follow the product and, you yeah. know, just, like, figure it out. Like, figure out how to get there. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you ever wrestle for CZW? As I say, I'm a newer fan, so I'm not always... Uh, uh yeah, we, it wasn't very long, but uh, I hold a tag team title reign there. Hey, hey. Exactly. Who was your partner in that? Was it the, the Young Studs or? No. Dustin Rays. Dustin I'm not, I'm not familiar. Uh, he's like another Ohio guy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I mean, the Ohio scene is kind of, kind of crazy and obviously a huge part of your development too because 440 being all of you, you know, good friends from the area and stuff. <laughs> Is that something that once you started training, like how how soon were you meeting guys like Ricky and and everything like that? Uh, very early on, because um, the guy that actually trained me was like a it, you know a part of training Ricky uh, Vince. That's also in Circle Six if you've seen them. Vincent Nothing. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then a couple other guys like including myself. Uh, and then he was just kind of in that area. And actually, when I was going to shows at 15, he was uh, actually wrestling in a mask with, like, long blue hair. <laughs> he had uh, the black, um, God, what were they, like, kickwear pants at the time. Yeah. He had the long Jeff Hardy sleeves, like, this long, That's bright blue hair, the Christian face uh, mask. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what was it? Again? Was it Christian Faith? Was that? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Faith. <laughs> that's sick it was like a spawn scenario wasn't it like a Todd yeah. McFarlane kind of, yeah fuck yeah <laughs> that's awesome but uh like yeah so he was just around mm-hmm. when I was kind of training and he I, I don't know I guess he might have helped train a little bit he, you know I mean he was at school mm-hmm. here and there but it wasn't like a huge chunk but early on wrestling wise like first couple of years i've wrestled him and vince a lot whether it was singles or tags or anything in between so i wrestled and learned from them a lot at that point too yeah yeah did you and um bev wrestle them a lot because i i think i'm trying to remember the yeah. timeline when i spoke to bev i think he said that when you guys were sort of put together you guys wrestled and like that sort of iteration of you guys would travel a lot together and and wrestle a lot together yeah, uh, when we got put together, it was kind of uh, sorry. Um, not like an accident. I guess maybe like an accidental thing. Uh, my partner got hurt, his partner got hurt, and then we were both in a situation of, uh, well, let's just put them together and see what happens. And then, <laughs> I mean, the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's a while ago now. You dudes are still friends and still <laughs> traveling together and doing stuff. So a little fun thing. Uh, let you in on a little fun story. Uh, Love in an Elevator, how that song came about. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so myself and um, Chandler Bingens, the one guy that used to be a part of AIW, mm-hmm. but that since passed away, um, we were at this local strip club called Bugsy's. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a friend that also worked there as a bouncer. So we were just kind of there talking with him, hanging out, having some drinks. Mm-hmm. And one of the strippers came on, and Love in an Elevator came on. And immediately when it came on, we both looked at each other. We were just kind of like, that's it? Like, that's the song. Like, <laughs> so sleazy. Like, like we with the, that was, uh, And it worked, like, there's been so many times people are like, 
is that fucking Aerosmith? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, it is. <laughs> I, I was talking with a friend, like, when I was watching that tournament of death stuff, I'm like, how much, like, deathmatch uh, wrestlers' music has changed? Now it's all these, like, ironic, like, bop songs, whereas back then it was just exclusively new metal stuff, like Mudvayne and, like, Papa Roach and, and Disturbed and shit. <laughs> Disturbed. Yeah, exactly. There was multiple disturbed entrances on Tournament of Death 1, let me tell you. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to, like, pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels you get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So, yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now, let's get back to the interview. <laughs> exactly. So, at which point then, um, you know, all that time goes past, you go, guys, team and stuff, you're doing the GCW stuff. At which point do you start to sort of hear about 440 and the idea of it? Um, through watching, I guess, um, I found out about it, like, you know, social media, everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing these guys get together, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then you'd see more stuff pop up. And it's one of those things, I don't know if there was ever intention uh-huh. of ever, yeah, I mean, like, adding more people. I mean, I never asked. I never was like, oh, hey, put me in this. And, <laughs> Go kind of thing. Yeah, just yeah. Right place, right time. Just kind of fell where it needed to fall. Kind of, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember like them doing the promo videos, and they had like the fork in the dartboard sort of thing, and they were like, you know, yep. you should have always known like the seeds and stuff like that. So I was curious if it was always like long term plan, or you guys just rolled with it because you were friends. <laughs> I, I mean, you caught one of the little Easter eggs in the promos. <laughs> exactly. Always right. some. Exactly, got to lead something in, and I mean, that's some of the the best parts about uh, wrestling storytelling, right, is to always sprinkle in things that you can go back to and try and 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 use. Just to see if people will notice, and if they're picking up on the little hints, and watch them a little bit more closely. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, How how is it now, then, uh, as, as things... As, as things develop and stuff and, you know, you guys are heading into Circle 6 and, like, obviously the di- dynamic of, like, 440 is sort of changing because there was a time there where you guys were probably, like, the most kind of reviled people in the wrestling industry, you know what I mean? Like, shoot, I think, like, you know, Hogan, NWO, Heat, like, people throwing <laughs> trash at you, people trying to fight you in the crowds into now, I mean... I mean, we're heading towards babyface stable at this stage, like, <laughs> the way it's going. So it's a bit of a different vibe, right? Uh, a little, yeah. Uh, Big Rick uh, is uh, being an asshole right now, so yeah. I mean, we're going to get that sorted eventually. <laughs> and just right now, it's just kind of a new look, new attitude. We'll have uh, 
you know, let's fucking go. We're stronger than ever, and yeah, we're ready to fucking go. Yeah, that's like, awesome. There's no the armor. There's no there's no breaks. There's no there's no weak links. There's no nothing. Yeah, feeling hot about it. Now that is, that is so cool. Well, let's um, I I think it's pretty appropriate that we we talk about Australia real quick because that's how we we met, and that was obviously such a high point tour for everybody. Um, you know, there's so many stories I could ask you about, but uh, but I think we'll just just head to that because uh, most of the others are well documented. How was it for you? Uh, had you ever been to Australia before, or was this your first opportunity to jump in and sort of uh, check it out? It was the first time, and um, it's actually one of my travel bucket list places. There was two places, Japan and Australia, were like the two mm-hmm. high on top of the list I wanted to go to, and now I can say I've you know, been able to at least accomplish that. And mm-hmm. uh, What can I say, though? Like, Australia, beautiful. It's one of the most fun I've probably had on any trip. Yep. It, it was like a, a crazy good vibe over all those shows, right? Like, it, it felt yeah. like just this like culmination of like all these fans coming together and, and and finally getting to see something that, you know, we watched for so long and the, the energy coming back from the wrestlers and, and the fans and stuff. It it just felt like a really special weekend, right? Yeah. And then, uh, you guys got some tough cunts down there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you that. We sure do. We sure do. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, like, uh, I, well, I, I told you in person briefly, but uh, but I have a thing on this podcast and in, in real life called the Amy 180, which is, which is my wife, right? She's she's into wrestlers or she's not into – it's love or hate with with Amy. And even my even myself, I, I think for, for you, and I, I had said it on the podcast, I was like, this is one of the best wrestlers in the world, but there was a little bit of a disconnect for me uh, – Maybe it's because you're four four zero and fuck Ohio and all that, but but you know what I mean. I I don't think I personally like as a new fan really understood your intensity until I saw you in real life, and that like what I maybe thought, maybe what I I took for like and what's the word I'm looking for? I know like a disconnect or like a an an ambivalence towards the match you know you sort of have this like swagger about you and this not caring thing and I think I was maybe taking it like this guy doesn't even give a fuck and doesn't want to be here until I actually saw you in real life and I'm like oh no this guy just doesn't give a fuck about his opponent because he's that confident and I have to say of uh, and I've seen a lot of death matches and uh you know like I said and in in Japan and in Australia but seeing you live it was one of the most hard-hitting and intense wrestlers that I've seen and Amy 180 award both both around where we both became right about uh, your wrestling is that something that you try and achieve is is that sort of like the vibe that you are always wanting to give you know that zero to a hundred kind of thing yes it's it's a slow progress um of like just one thing you know after another it's just that you're always trying to work on and get a little bit better mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. And, uh, that's definitely one of them was the intensity and just kind of picking things up when I need to and it's uh, it's been working, I think. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I w- I would say for me, the when I really started to like, you know, get get into your stuff and start to be like, oh wow, this is this is really cool. Was the the stuff with Joel and the title, you know, like when you when you came back yeah. from from your injury and stuff, like I noticed a switch was flipped. Like at that point, it was how, it was how I felt about it. Was it was it like oh, that? So- if you're watching stuff before the surgery, there was a point where it looked like I didn't want to be there. It's probably because I didn't want to be there. My 
<laughs> well, that's probably when I started watching was you were already dealing with that. You know what I mean? I was a miserable fuck. I apologize to a lot of people. I was... I was a very awful person at that time. Oh man! So what? What was actually happening now? I heard it was something to do with your hands or, or something. So, um, it just got like a real aggressive carpal tunnel in both my hands. Oh my god! You know that feeling when you hit your funny bone and you got that tingling? Yeah, yeah. I twenty four hours a day for like six months. Oh my god! I would be irritable as fuck as well. I hit my funny bone once, yeah. and that's a write off for the day. Like <laughs> it fuck. Never, never went away. Oh my so. god! That's horrible. Was there a specific yeah. moment where you're like, yo, this is like you, you took a fall and it started or? No, it just uh, like fingertips started going numb. Then it was like a whole finger and then it was a couple fingers and it started going all the way down my hand oh my and then God. it would start tingling all the way into my elbow. Dude. And for, for a guy like you that's so physical, I mean, your wrestling is very physical, but then you're also like clearly like a gym guy and stuff like that. That must have been so <laughs> irritating. Yeah, it was it wasn't pleasant. I wasn't sleeping at all, maybe like five hours a week. Dude. That's yeah. that's absolutely horrible. So we're gonna continue this podcast in the car. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, that's a botchy boy. Hello, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. That's that's John Hammer. <laughs> no, it's old Kiki. Hey bro, how you going? Alright, man. <laughs> Oh well, well, we'll we'll try not to take up too much of your time since you need to get back to the ring and uh, and wrestle and do all that kind of stuff. So, um, just finishing up that thought, you you obviously are, are dealing with the the carpal tunnel and stuff for quite a while. How do you get that treated? Are they like you need to do dual surgeries at like the same time? What happens? Uh, I had to do different surgeries because if I did them both at the same time, I would have been completely immobile. Yes, so yeah. it just. Uh, why am I getting a spam risk call right now? Get out of here. Get out of here. I uh, so I had to do one surgery. I did the left hand first, I think, and then they did the right like two and a half weeks later. Yeah, right, right. So it kind of takes that long for the first one to sort of, you know, start Heal to work up. again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I and want to put too much problem on the body. Almost. Absolutely. Was the relief like instant? Like you kind of yeah. get out of the Yeah, wow. That must have been. And uh, luckily, it's been knock on wood, uh, (laughs) pain-free sin. Yeah. Well, we'll, well, let's let's hope it stays that way, man. But but yeah. Yeah. So so once you were free of that, you were like, okay, cool. Now I can now I can start to fucking move on with my life and not fucking hate every single second of it. Yeah, and then uh, the first opportunity was getting to punch him in the face. Hello. <laughs> so made it all worth it. <laughs> You're like finally pain free Akira violence. <laughs> what I've always wanted. And they hit him so hard, I'm gonna fuck my hands up. <laughs> You're like, I'm going back to surgery for this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is leaving with surgery. Oh Jesus Christ! Well, yeah. So, well, that that that's perfect. Then, well, I mean, I mean, not perfect. I mean, it is perfect that you were thrilled. But like I said. uh, that disconnect was there for me. And then obviously that, uh, that switch flip for you. And I guess that's what I was picking up on. And then, yeah, once, once I then saw you live, uh, the first match I, I saw was Australia pit fighter against Casey. Uh, and it was the beginning of the death of all terracotta pots in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were yeah. off to the races. Um, 
Where, where did the pot violence come from? Because was that just something that were at the venue, or did you just say, I can't look at one yeah, more of these motherfuckers? The venue and I was just like, uh, is anybody using this? And they're like, no, but I go, well, I guess I am. You're like, well, it looks like you've got several thousand of them. Put them all in the room. <laughs> Uh, I found good use for them, yeah. So. <laughs> I was wondering if you There's ordered them in, you're like, I can't see one more pot. You find every pot in Melbourne and bring them here for me to destroy. <laughs> There's definitely going to be some more tonight. So ah. if you're planning on watching. Hey, you've created your own uh, your own vibe, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't imagine, uh, I, well, I can't really remember anybody else using them as much or as viciously as you do. I've seen them a few times, I believe, like Kasai, uh, Kasai, Kasai and Takeda both have used them once or twice before, but mm-hmm. I don't think anything on a like far regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's awesome. I will say, though, that you handily fucked up my logo in the center of the ring because it's now 100% stained terracotta. I mean, I'm an orange haired gentleman <laughs> anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I was like, this motherfucker has ruined this thing. <laughs> Look at this. The fucking champ just smoking away. Oh, this is what happens. Hey. <laughs> just just ruining her health. What an absolute badass. <laughs> it's worth it when you look that cool, though. Yeah, we actually just got here, son. Mm, this, is, this is amazing. This is I'm, I'm getting a bump-in first-person view of Eric Ryan arriving to the arena. All right, you're going to have to edit this part out so you can edit it in, or unless you want to. Now I'm just going to leave it in. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll put you back on track, and then I'll let you get out of here. I'm sure you've got, like, like, like absolutely tons to do. Um, so, so yeah, just wrapping up the, the Australian thing, how was it for you? I mean, obviously, it, it was a, a massive deal. Did you, you have a great time? Was it everything that you wanted it to be? Yeah, uh, the food was fantastic. Everything I ate was great. Um, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's hands down the best coffee in the fucking world. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, in and our I brief conversation, that. you made sure to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a little sad that I'm down to my now, like, last bit of beans for my last pot of coffee. Oh, no. After a little extra next time. Yeah, that's it. Uh, if you hear that, fans of Deathmatch Wrestling and of Face and Fields podcast, send Eric Ryan Australian coffee. He loves it. Do him a favor. I love coffee. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> don't don't worry about any of this other stuff. Just send the man beans. Yes, just some beans. <laughs> Whole ground. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely about it. Now that is awesome. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. How you going? I'm Goody. okay. I yeah. don't want to die today. That's oh. Right? Fuck. You sound like me when I'm at work. Um, <laughs> the only thing that made me sad about not going to Australia was not seeing you. Oh, that's it. I could care less. Everybody oh. yeah. I love you, bro. Daddy. We're the podcast right now? Yeah. You're so cool. Yeah. Yeah, Hi, shithead. <laughs> hey, motherfucker. How you going? All the fucking hits right now. That's it. Yo, oh, Kerry, hey. Oh, you're, you're all on the podcast. Right you're all live. <laughs> I'm just leaving it all in. Figured you have to say hello to everybody. Absolutely. Oh, man, it's... I can't even tell you how fucking good it was to meet everybody and, and to experience that live in Australia. Like, the 
the the warmth of everybody and like the fucking kind words and and everything. It was maybe the most wholesome shit I've ever seen, and it was all thanks to Deathmatch Wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a good time for sure. Probably one of the like I said, one of the best trips I've ever had. Um, it's just everything came together. Like yeah. everything was just positive, upbeat, and yeah. everybody worked hard and put on some fucking really good shows. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you said that was a big uh, bucket list item for you to do Australia. Have you been to Japan yet? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in. Two thousand eight, yeah. So you you on that you were on that GCW tour the yeah the last first one, one yeah the inaugural yeah. tour mm-hmm. exactly. So both bucket list items are, are completed. Time to retire. <laughs> What's next for Eric Ryan? <laughs> I'll retire tonight, so I don't have to wrestle Tommy Vendetta, and then I'll just announce my uh, comeback on Monday. <laughs> you don't want to be rolling around in those Legos. The terracotta is one thing, but the Legos no. are an entirely yeah. different situation whole different story yeah absolutely all right bud well it looks like you need to get ready it looks like you need to do some wrestling i'm going to be watching live very soon and i cannot wait for it um tell the people where to find you on social media and all those bits and pieces uh eric ryan pro on twitter and instagram i believe and then uh yeah just find me there and then i usually have stuff for shows here and there just kind of find it and find me and Let's fucking party. (laughs) Absolutely, dude. Well, I want to thank you for your time right now. You're obviously getting ready to go. You're sorting everything out. You're trying to eat ice cream and you've made time for me and I really, really appreciate (laughs) it. We'll have to do this in depth uh, when we've got a little bit more time and and sit down and and go a little bit deeper, yeah? For sure. We'll do this again. Absolutely. You take care of yourself and you have an amazing day, yeah? Yes. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, brother. See you later. Bye. Bye. So, everyone out there, for the undisputed king of the deathmatch, Eric Ryan, 4440 and 4 Faces and Feels. Remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Yo, thanks for spending your time listening to the Faces and Feels podcast. Faces and Feels is a DIY project recorded and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Faces Fieldscast, or just head straight to our link tree, linktr.e slash Faces to find all the info you'll ever need about the show. You can stream the episodes, be directed to your favorite podcast providers, find links to all our social media platforms and sponsors, and you can even buy me a coffee. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or interview requests, you can send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify. A banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. It's a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G-Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. 
If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent few. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something.